Welcome everyone to Oppressed by Sun Season 2, Episode 1. Today's episode begins with an introduction of our characters, after which we will learn the consequences of being banished by Israfel from the Paradise Realm. Most of these are established characters, however, they are starting over in a whole new world, in a whole new time and place. Therefore, if you're just joining us, welcome. You've found the perfect episode to join us. Let's get started. Character Introductions Alright, so uh, Mivy, stocky, heavyset dwarf. He has a red burnt hair uh, that's been slightly bleached from being out in the sun too long. He's got uh, tanned olive skin. He likes to uh, drink a little too much. He seems to have two masters that he does not want to uh, realize <laughs> what their outcome is going to be. Uh, he is deathly afraid of uh, mind flares because of enslavement in life. And then is also a minion of Dwarf, an astral god. I'm Isui. I'm a ranger. I have this awesome pet snake who I love very much. He ate my previous companions, and he, he's awesome. His name is Squeezy. I wandered around my whole life, kind of been orphaned, and never really had a home or anything. So uh, I, I'm kind of my clothes are kind of tattered, but not too tattered where I look like I just uh, am homeless or anything. I try and keep, do the best I can with what I have. Half elf, um, slender build. Uh, I like to wear my hair in a ponytail, but it's kind of braided and everything because I live in the woods. My values, I really want to do good in the world and help people, and I really want to be on the right side of what I think is morally correct. I really hate innocent people dying. As soon as I wake up, I will also have a new driving force to get rid of Israfel and make sure that he can never return to our world. My character is Joseph Beely. He's a uh, taller, tan, he's a portly fellow heavily armored head to toe with unpolished plate mail a large shield with an insignia of some religious or other you know the god that he serves uh it is the god of creation tamuns which he will tell you all about if you ever ask him uh although he's not a particularly persuasive or charismatic individual his he believes very strongly in, in perpetuating life protecting life you'll find commonly when he's fighting that you know, he doesn't want to kill. He considers himself the shield of Tamu. Kadim is a radical zealot who's hell-bent on taking down the Sun Elves. He was uh, raised by two, basically, uh, uh, foster parents. He never knew his dad, who, uh, who we learned about his fate in the last campaign, last arc. But he was raised to believe that not only in the order of purity and forgiveness and redemption for all people, but also uh, to understand that the Sun Elves will never stop until they absolutely oppress everybody and sway them only to their way of thinking. And he grew up in the guild to uh, learn how to fight them. Now, he is a human uh, fighter. He has, uh, appeared, has like a Middle Eastern appearance uh, as far as like facial structure, skin tone. He's got black hair, an unkept beard. Um, he carries... The Moon Elf Short Swords, his prized weapons, and his fine-made uh, elven cloak. So, I play Varian. He's a high elf moon druid, six-ish feet tall, bronze skin, copper hair, silver eyes. Not exactly dour, but uh, maybe kind of stoic in personality. Um, he's the oldest member of the party and actually remembers the world when it was still kind of green and then it, uh, before it sort of died out. And uh, because of that, his life has been uh, very much guided toward uh, killing the Sun Elves and returning the world to balance, where there's still life and, uh, and richness in it, instead of just a lot of um, death and sandy desert. He cares most for his mother, Drusilia, his 
Lady Love the Dryad Magnolia. From Magnolia, he got his staff, which is made of dryad wood, uh, which is very important to him. And uh, by trade, he's a gardener. Uh, it's also his religion. And uh, anybody that does die, he'll try to bury underground with a seed to uh, return them into the cycle of life and death. Half knot, a halfling, bard. About 50 years old, bright green eyes, tan skin, sandy brown wavy hair. Hafnot is driven by the fact that he was kidnapped from his own brilliant, lovely halfling empire uh, by the lady in white, and uh, essentially forced to entertain her for about 28 years, then thrown in jail for a couple of years, escaped, uh, encountered the group in swamp, saved all of their asses in glorious fashion. Hafnot is a little bit of a Robin Hood profession. He is very agile, very intelligent, lightning wit and lightning speed. Seeks to restore the balance between the ones who have and the ones who have not. Season 2, Episode 1 Long, long ago and far, far away. find yourself in a forest. It's a beautiful forest. It has tall oak trees, pine trees, maple trees. It has uh, an astounding variety. Um, Overhead, you see a clear blue sky dotted with white fluffy clouds, and there are birds chirping. This forest is full of life. Uh, Seated, cross-legged, leaning up against a tree is a a gentleman with uh, broad, strong arms. On his forehead are, are goat horns that loop back over the back of his head. He is playing a flute, and he's playing it beautifully. Uh, and he's just uh, he's just sitting there. Uh, on his shoulder is a yellow uh, canary, which is uh, tweeting along as he as he plays the flute. He doesn't seem to notice you as you as you're just walking through the forest. You just appeared here, and you just started walking forward. And then a few minutes later, you see this guy. As I'm cursing Israfel under my breath, I have a nice seat and just sit and listen to the music and try and take in everything around me because I know that all the dwarves died. He pulls out from his uh, from his waist, he pulls out a bone carved, like an ivory looking flask and takes a long swig from it. Uh, the uh, the flask is covered with a with a beautiful engravement of a landscape scene uh, and then he puts it away and then he looks over to you and his eyes sort of meet with you and he says, the name's Vox. James Voss? <laughs> Just Voss, my lady. Nice to meet you. Uh, Can you tell me where I am? I seem to have lost my way. You're in Gungalow Forest, my lady. It is a beautiful place. Can you tell me what realm I'm in? This land is ruled by a man named Vesuvius, but I don't know what realm. What planet is this? <laughs> he sort of leans back as you ask this question. It sort of looks off wistfully as the uh, canary tweets on his shoulder uh, and uh, takes another swig. I'm sorry, my manners, pardon me. I've traveled a long way through different places and teleported, and I seem to have no idea where, possibly when I am. Well, it is my good fortune. And mine yours. Uh, He he sort of stands up, and this is the first time you notice, he has like, his legs are, he's not wearing any clothes. Um, His legs are covered in fur. His feet aren't feet so much as they are like hooves. And he stands up, 
He has a glistening longsword, no pants, and very well hung. I have it right here. I didn't mean to disrupt you. You can continue playing. Your music was beautiful. It seems to be brightening my mood. Look at him, and but look away, and look at the trees, and the, just enjoy the surroundings, not the person playing the f- He seems to be perfectly caught up in his own song, and the bird is whistling along. Eventually, the, the little canary, it's like a little yellow and white bird, comes and sits on your shoulder and just tweets at you. And Do you mind if I join you? It would be my pleasure. So I reach into my small bag of holding and pull out my instrument and join him in song. Join him in and playing my Roll flute. a performance check. Two. <laughs> <laughs> you time. know that you played terribly. <laughs> he seems to take no notice. And the canary sort of covers for you. That's like good. whenever you miss a beat, the canary sort of uh, tweets and whistles still. for you. You find yourself sort of losing track of time as you begin to play and he dances and you get caught up in the dance. Variant, you find yourself in a beautiful forest full of Varied trees. Um, a forest the likes of which you haven't seen before. This is not like the elven forest, less tended, more natural. You hear the sounds of music, but you're not sure the direction, and you just let the you just let your spirit guide you as you walk through the forest aimlessly, and you happen upon a little clearing at the base of which is a a handsome gentleman with horns and, and uh, hairy legs and no clothes and a seaweed. Uh, and they are both playing their instrument. You notice that a seaweed is playing quite badly. <laughs> um, <laughs> the gentleman is carrying it. Uh, and a canary flits back and forth between their shoulders, whistling and tweeting along. Oh, hi, seaweed. Who's your friend? Oh, Varian! <laughs> and then I run over and give him a giant hug because I thought I would never see anybody I knew again because I don't know where I am. Varian, where have you been? How did you get here? How did you find me? Where am I? Where are we? Varian opens his mouth to start to respond and then keeps getting cut off. As you give her the pat hug, you see that the uh, the handsome gentleman uh, sort of takes notice of the way you embrace. Uh, who's, who's, your, who's your friend? This is Boss. Hi, Boss. Uh, hey, it's a real pleasure to meet you. What's your name? Uh, Varian. Varian. Oh, I see that you are an indigenous, yes. Well, I do come from the world. Marion, <laughs> what happened? Where are we? How did we get here? Did he um, kill the dwarves? Israfel uh, bounced us all um, back to our home realms, so presumably we're here now. We're in Although Gumbledore. I don't recognize this place at all. The dwarves, I'm pretty sure they're going to be just bleeding out for an indeterminate amount of time, but... <laughs> I knew I, it. I, he told me they were going to survive. I, I don't know whether or not they will. Uh, it wasn't completely clear, but yeah, I mean, that, that'd be my guess. Presumably, my understanding was that we'd be sent back to the plane um, from which we're, which we're home to, which... What does the sun look in particular? Is It, like, it does not look like you remember at all. Long ago, when you were a young child, before the sun became an 18-hour-a-day presence in the world, looks more like that. Boss. Sort of leans his head down, he says, My lead. How long are the, uh, days here? Gives you a look like, what? <laughs> it is summer now, so the days are no longer than usual, but 12 to 13 hours, my liege. You ever heard of the sun elves? He's trying very hard to be respectful, but he seems like he raises an eyebrow. We do not call the indigenous by their particular orientation. Do you have any way to distinguish between different varieties of indigenous? 
He walks up to you, like right up to you. He puts his hand right on your shoulder. Jeez. Natural 20. This is a fake forest. This forest is special. Only those who are cool with the fae can enter. And he treats you with a reverence, and he believes you to be of a higher level, a higher order of fae than himself or anyone else. Okay. And he steps back, and this time he takes it. Oh, uh, very kind, but not necessary, I assure you. Please. What did you do to this guy? Who are you? I'm indigenous. Uh, give a meaningful, like, eye-widening at her. Do we know where our friends are? Uh, Do we care? Because I don't ever want to see that stupid little tiefling or whatever he was again. Oh, he's got his... That you know, little he's devil. a little rough around the edges, but... Uh, Please tell me you killed him. <laughs> oh, no, no. We're hoping he'll come back and help us. <laughs> I'm going time. to do everything in my power to make sure that never happens. He's really... You gotta get to know him. He can really be a sweetheart. Uh, right, and slaughtered innocent lives. Hundreds of innocent lives. <laughs> There's different You ways do to not see kill that. prisoners of war. Oh, well that wasn't him. Yes it was. Those were just his friends. Uh, forgive me. If it pleases you, I will take you to the master of this fort. Oh, that sounds lovely. Who's that? His name is Gungle, I believe. He will be interested to meet you. Is he uh indigenous like me? No. So if he's indigenous, what am I? He looks back and forth at both of you, he says, If I were to be so bold, my lady. I would venture a guess that you are the gentleman's auxiliary. What do you mean? Auxiliaries are the term we use for those who accompany and protect and serve indigenous. Yeah, I don't know him that well yet, but, you know, <laughs> we'll go there. Perhaps you wouldn't mind if I asked you uh, for a, a date? I may not be officially his auxiliary yet. And then I wink at him. He nods. The, the canary sits on his shoulder, and he just starts walking through the... Um, while we're walking, I want to ask, so uh, what can you tell us about this uh, forest? We're, we're both quite new here. This forest is tended by its ancient protector, a furbolt named Gungalore. Where did you come from? Uh, I come from the stars. I would uh, not doubt it for a second, given <laughs> such as yourself dropping from the stars. Uh, before you arrive at this large clearing that you, that you notice up ahead, you first notice that there are a lot of injured animals. A lot of them seem singed and burned. Um, and as you approach, you see a, a giant, like a seven-foot-tall creature with uh, with pointy ears and bluish-gray skin covered in fur, uh, not wearing much armor or anything, uh, carrying animals around and petting them and talking in soothing tones to uh, to each of them. It seems a lot of them have been burned and singed and, and injured. What happened to the animals? Boss looks at you and says, it's very sad. I'm afraid there are terrible creatures about destroying lands, creatures, fires, or creatures that burn other creatures. Yes, my liege. Are they made of fire? Yes, they? sir. Surely you have encountered them arriving here, Gungalore. They are all about. We'll go with yes. The uh, the large giant creature sort of steps towards you, uh, sort of hustles towards you. He says, "Hello. It is a very pleasure to meet you." He walks towards you. It is uh who who has graced my forest with their with their presence oh my my goodness it is it is are you are you an indigenous and he uh he he takes he, he steps towards you he grabs your hand with two hands and sinks to a knee <laughs> uh, i go yeah, uh yeah that that's what i hear it's all right you can you can stand up that's he says oh it is oh finally finally someone has come to help me oh god help what yes are... we are under siege my liege 
Oh, uh, what, like the whole forest, or just these little critters, or? Uh, uh, everyone here is under siege. We are, we are unable to, we are unable to fight back against the, the monsters of fire. Are you the king of this forest? What is your position? Oh, I am not the king, my son. Oh, if anything, you are the king, sir. Uh, but I am merely the protector. I am bound to this forest. What can we do to help? I hate to see some innocent suffering. Well, my lady, uh, I am sure with such a powerful indigenous as the gentleman here that you will have no trouble uh, sending them away. We may have some trouble, but we may, we'll do our best. We believe that uh, several other friends of ours who got uh, separated might be somewhere near to us, although we have no idea how near or far. Cut! Maybe you find yourself in an orchard, a very well-tended orchard, full of nut trees and peach trees. Sunny, but not hot. It doesn't feel like a normal day out in lands that you're used to. Weird. It's off. And you find yourself on a path. You're facing a direction in the path to this orchard. You see a, a sort of a winding trail through a beautiful flowering orchard, and you see at the end of that trail is a beautiful farmhouse, perhaps? Uh, a homestead uh, built of wood. It seems to be living wood. Reminds you of elven make. So I assume that I'm just now coming off of the mind control. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the mind, the mind control, is, it, you immediately feel it lit. I am absolutely furious. Uh, <laughs> I realize right. I've been betrayed. Um, <laughs> I've been controlled against my will uh, to do something that I, I felt was the worst possible outcome. First thing I do is I, I get up looking for that rat. I look for, for Israfel. You do see humanoid figure. It is uh, moving through the trees. Um, she, she, she seems to be skipping. Looks like a light figure uh, skipping through the trees. Against my, my better judgment, I still pull my axe out and I just charge at this person. Not, not to attack, but because I want to question this person. So I charge over at them and just go to grab him by the shoulder. As you approach, you notice it's a elven girl. She is an unarmed. She uh, seems young, but you know that elves, they, you know, they live a long, long time. Um, and she's skipping through the, the orchard. As you approach, she sees you and stops and sees your axe. She just sort of watches you and you reach up and grab at her and she just sort of slips out of it easily. And she says, uh, excuse me, sir, are, are you lost? Are, are, you the, are, are you the knights that we sent? Where is she? Where is the drow? She's a step back from you. She looks around. She's like, sir, are, are you okay? Uh, I can help you if you need rest, food. No, I need none of those things. Tell me, did you see a dark elf or a tailed creature or a horned creature? Anything that looked like a demon or a drow come through here? You have, you have totally lost your mind. Um, you just need to, you need, you need to come on over. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Come on in. I'll give you, I'll give you some, some delicious, delicious apples and you can just have a nice, nice rest. I don't need rest. I need vengeance. Never seen a knight that looked like you? Where is where is your insignia? I don't have an insignia. Why is your hair red? Because that's what I was born with. What kind of question is that? Born with? I, I, I've seen many, many of your kind and I've never seen red hair. You must surely dye it, sir. I, don't worry, your secret's safe with me. <laughs> she skips off. Scan the horizon again and I see the cottage. I guess that's the only thing I see with an eyesight. So I start charging towards the cottage. You see a crazed looking, what you would consider to be a knight, but he's not wearing his armor and his axe looks weird. He looks weird and he's charging with a bluish glowing axe towards the cottage. Now, I use my Thogman Tree cantrip to make my voice ten times louder than it normally is. Mm -hmm. And I say, you there, halt! 
<laughs> in his direction. Still bloodthirsty, I charge. Almost to use my body as a battering ram. Now you're attacking with Guiding Bolt. Arrow of light comes shooting out of the door at you. Bounces off of a reflected barrier. And I'm running his direction. Fully armored man in plate mail, large shield, and a large or a regular staff. Almost looks like a walking staff, but he don't, he don't need it. He is running full sprint at you. Um, I see you like running at me, so I like almost come to a skidding stop, uh, and I turn to you. I, I presume I know you just shot something at me, right? Yo, I would yeah, think, yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Are you with the demon? No, sir. I I kill demons, and I look him up and down. You can roll an insight. Insight of twenty one. This has the mark of a powerful, otherworldly creature. I cast Banishment on him. A crit. Yeah, so you see him cast like a powerful spell at you. A spell that you recognize. <laughs> you follow the, the same trickery as the other demon. Well, might as well get my revenge out on someone. <laughs> so I run over to you and I, I go to swing at you with a, with my bloodletting axe. Crazed demon impersonating, badly impersonating a knight, uh, steps up and swings a glowing, otherworldly axe. Slices you across the chest with a slice that mm. is unnaturally sharp, mm. demon-like. Mm -hmm. As he, uh, and the blood from this wound just, it seems to have cut every nearby artery, every nearby blood vessel has been severed as all kinds of unusually large amounts of blood are pouring from your chest. Tell me where your master is, I might let you live. <laughs> Demon spawn! How did you resist my banishment? I think he's too powerful for me to fight straight up. So I'm I'm going for it, I'm casting banishment again. Alright, you were banished! Be gone, devil spawn! And you're in this gray dimension, lost and floating. Damn it, not again! You immediately sense that, wait, you shouldn't have to continue concentrating. Right. But you're still concentrating. Hmm, interesting. Young Adele, and I run her direction. What, what has happened? That foul beast, a demon, attacked me with his, his alien weapon from another realm. I, it, it made me bleed unnaturally, and I sense some, some foulness of his... Shall I call my father? She like starts running, like like this time, like actually running. No, Young Adele, wait. Don't run off. There may not, there may be others. Stay close to me. I'm looking around. No, with a natural 20, Kadeem... You see... Like what, we pop into the realm? You pop into the realm and immediately you land on your feet, you're ready. And you look and you see, just for a second, Mindy was standing there face to face with a uh, with a large gentleman, a portly gentleman with heavy armor, and then the, the portly gentleman cast a spell and Mibby disappeared. Half not. That large gentleman just banished Mibby. He just disappeared. Activate my cloak of elven kind to disappear. Okay. And okay. half not. Maybe you should uh go talk to him. You're disarming. Half not saunters up. Okay, you, you uh, and I flank stealthily. You see this <laughs> very handsome young boy uh, walking towards you. He's wearing these soiled clothes, not wearing a. All right, I, yeah, I, I I look him up and down. I mean, sir, help me. Are you? You're absolutely convinced this boy needs help. Come here, come. <laughs> I, I, I open my arms to him, you know, and I'm already casting a spell. You feel a, a powerful boost of energy wash over you, Half-Not. Unnecessary. Ah, Half-Not just... Gimp leg stands up straight, but then the other leg collapses. And he's like on one knee, right in front of this fine, portly gentleman. Like, ah, oh, thank you, fine sir. Who did this to you, young man? Was it the, a dwarf? In, in, in strange clothing, wielding a demonic axe. Um... I look him up and... 
He's the one that kept them from doing worse. He protected you then? Yes. From whom? The vampire spawn. When did this happen? Where were you? Um, in another realm. Who else is with you? There was a there was a wonderful uh, half elf lady, and and uh, a human fighter, and I think the dwarf that you describe. Yes, I banished that demon back to the hell from which he came. I deactivate my elven cloak. Well, I do sense a strange problem with my magic. It seems that he's not in the hell from which he came, and that I'm having to keep my, up my concentration to keep him from coming back. That's from this round. Ah! Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I say, who are you? My name is Kadeem. I'm this man's friend, and uh, the friend of that dwarf you uh, sent into a little pocket dimension, I assume. He's not from another realm. He's not a demon. We're from this realm. Hmm. Albeit. Why was he attacking the cottage? I don't know. <laughs> I showed. We got. Like, we were in another dimension. This is we a good question. <laughs> and what we should ask him when he comes back. I uh, drop my banishment spell. Maybe you reappear. Dax I lift three. my axe. I assume you guys are at a distance now. We're yeah. in a different spot yeah, entirely. They're like I think. over there. <laughs> like, maybe. I. I Get ready to chuck my axe at you. What's wrong I see, with you? <laughs> I see you guys talking, so I'm like, he's with Israfel, kill him! Doesn't seem like he's with Israfel. Who's this Israfel you speak of? Israfel is a friend. He's yeah. trying to banish us, just like Israfel did. Yeah, it's magic. A lot of people can do that. But Is this Israfel a cleric of the Holy Order? No. <laughs> More important right now is that we find Varian and Siwi. What is your name? My name is Joseph Beely. Oh, I'm the cleric of this realm of the, of the great creator, Tazmoon, protector of life and the shield and guardian of the, the church. Well, Joseph, do you think you could help us find our friend? We seem to have been separated even though we came across the same barrier. Yes, uh, well, I, I, I wander around these realms uh, protecting it and helping anyone who needs help. I, uh, I've been called here to deal with other issues at the moment, um, but I'd love to help you find your friends. A young elven girl has been watching them throughout this encounter with a fearless curiosity. What are you then, my lady? I am an indigenous. I am a master of these lands, a, 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 an inheritor of the, of the great heritage that is the burden and duties of guiding those lesser creatures that inhabit our world. They are the guardians of the world, sir. Well, I'm okay. talk to the dad. That's the where we're going right now. All right, so All right. you guys uh, head around the back of the house, and you see a beautiful stand of giant redwoods that reach to the sky. They're in a, the form of a circle, and in the middle of that circle is a very elderly wood elf who is seated on all fours, eyes closed. Um, as his daughter approaches him, uh, she sort of skips into the grove and says, Papa, Papa, this, we have visitors, auxiliaries. Uh, I'm not sure where they come from, but they want to talk to you. And he just sort of just sits there. Um, and she like runs up and grabs his arm and shakes him. And, uh, and he sort of opens one eye impatiently. I'm meditating, daughter. Please take care of the auxiliaries. Do not bother me with this matter. Half not dimension doors to two feet in front of him. He opens his eyes and this time his hands lift up and you can see fire flickers from each of his palms. An elegant bow. Sir, pleased to meet you, Clayton. I can't see the same insolent auxiliary boy. Ah, yeah. Not a boy, but I'll take it. Uh, I would like you to meet my group. Well, part of my group. Actually, we're interested in 
any help he might be able to give us in finding our indigenous friend, Varian. Oh, I see, I see. You have lost your noble master. The loyal auxiliaries seek to return to their master. Please tell me his full name. I will find him for you. I make my face look like I'm a miniature version of Varian. This guy. Except, think bigger. He says to you, That is blasphemous. Man, this kid is, is acting up. So I go to shepherd him and herd him back to the group. All right, so you see Gently sort of and his, nicely. You see the elderly gentleman sort of raise his hand as though to backhand this, uh, this insolent boy. And you sort of usher him away and he sort of glowers at the boy as you usher him. Young one, you are uh, spicy. <laughs> I'm sure you, the rest of your group has their hands full. You keep your young comments to yourself, human. Lavelle sort of ushers in. She says, "Um, perhaps I would be better taking, uh, better equipped to take care of his situation, father." And her father just sort of closes his eyes and goes back into his position, and she like sort of ushers you all out of the grove. All right. Sir, if I may speak with you for just a moment. He sort of, he sort of gives a little nod, like only you. Sir, um. I've been praying a lot, and I feel as if these people were sent here for a reason, and I think they may be able to help us with our blight. I don't think the Knights of Vesuvius are going to show up. I trust your judgment, follower of Tamoons, but the Knights have never failed us before. Let us hope that this delay is not ominous. He sort of, he looks tired. You are indeed a good servant of our uh, creator. I genuflect and, you know, bow down. And, uh, yeah, I stand up, walk backwards, turn around and leave. After they are all outside the grove, the young elven woman takes charge. Okay, lead on. She says, Captain Sharp, leader of the town guard, may know of something. You guys are guided through a small town of mostly humans. Um, there are a few uh, half-elves and a half-worker, but almost all humans. He guides you past an open area where there's a lot of tents and injured people who have suffered burn wound. Uh, and he leads you towards a sort of a wooden guardhouse that is uh, clearly like a, uh, a built fortification near the wall. I ask her, Liddell, how are these, what happened here? Why are these people burned? I don't see any fires around here. So she's sort of been trailing behind you, pretending not to be going with you. Um, but as you turn around, you see her and ask her. Mm-hmm. She skips up, and she seems very happy to talk with you. Um, and she says, well, it's, it's it's very sad, actually. There's there's fire stalkers everywhere. They're burning the outside of the villages. They're, they're burning the farms. They're burning everything. Uh, and the guard is incapable of stopping them, and the, and, and the knights haven't come. Where? So the, so the fire stalkers come periodically, is what you're saying? Oh, they, they roam the countryside. And they're just a higher concentration than usual? They're, they, they've never been here before. Yes, these creatures appeared out of nowhere. Who are these knights you're waiting on? The knights over. of Vesuvius, they she, serve this realm. Did she nods, she says, eh, What do these knights look like? Look like a gentleman here, and she points at the Nivy. Um, but they, they're not with the dyed hair and the oiled skin. Their skin is much grayer complexion. Stepping out of the guardhouse is a very large half-orc gentleman with tusks shine and sharpened to his uh, um, and a green face, uh, tusks ch- jutting out from the bottom of his uh, uh, jaw. Uh, he, he looks down and squints. He first looks at you, Mimi. He says, are you the knight that we have been waiting for? Uh, depends. What were you waiting for? The knights of Vesuvius. No, they're not. He looks downtrodden. He says, who are these people? I found them dangerously close to the royal family's 
homestead. They threatened the indigenous. He raises his great sword. No need. They did not. They did not. (laughs) (laughs) They're simply lost and and, and confused. And and right now, it is our responsibility to help them find their way back home or find their friends first. Meanwhile, back in Gungalore Forest, Voss continues to follow Asiwi around like a puppy dog. Would you like to uh, help with the injured animals, my lady? Yes, please. I hate to see innocent suffering, especially when it comes to animals. Do you have any magic that can help? I'm afraid mine is mostly entertainment related. Uh, while we're doing that with the animals, I want to be talking to Furbold and... Um, mm-hmm. His name is uh, his name is Gungalore. Gungalore, yeah. And say, uh, just generally ask him, you know, like, uh, do you have some way uh, of finding other creatures in this forest? Uh, do you speak to birds, maybe? Uh, yes, very much. I can find every every animal in this forest. I know where to where they are. Oh, yes. wonderful. Um, we're looking for uh, a handful of people. I don't know how far away they may be, but if you could track them down for us. Uh, we need to be reunited, and I just give a general overview. Of I am sorry, party. I am sorry, my liege, but they are not in the forest. Did that demon spawn send everybody here? Are we all together? He sent us all to the same home realm, uh, talking to him and trying to kind of get the lay of the land. Um, I'm uh, helping splint up and so off. The- okay. All right. He, he seems to be very grateful. He's, oh, my liege, this is just not necessary. It's not worth your time. I, it is my job, but I am very grateful. Uh, this is, uh... Just part of being a group. Why don't you play us some music while we help these animals? Maybe it'll cheer them up. Yes, us. my lady. Yes, my lady. As he uh, he pops to it, he seems very much happier playing music than helping animals. Um, and uh, <laughs> he, uh, he he immediately starts dancing around while the canary flits about uh, and lands on your shoulder and tweets along with the tune. So I'm happily helping all the animals. Fresh, fresh uh, injured animals need to be coming from the southwest. And they're like, all limping into the boat. They're, they're all like, so burned. Many. They're all burned. There's so many of them. How can we help them all? We have to stop this. Oh, my lady, please. Uh, your indigenous friend can certainly help. We have to stop this. This is this is terrible. Yeah, what can you tell us about these? You said they're not they're not native to the forest. Why? Do you oh, they are not native to these lands. I, frankly, these lands have been protected for many years. Great Baron Vesuvius. But I do not know why he has not taken care of this problem. That's uh, someone we should talk to or try to find. Well, there is a town nearby. I assume they would send aid immediately to take care of this problem, but they have not. Well, if it's the largest town nearby. Might be easiest to find our companions there. I assume they would head for a location. I don't know that I necessarily want to find all of our companions. I'm okay right now, just helping. Because there are definitely some of our companions that I hope don't end up here. Well, as far as Israfel, I think he has to stay. Uh, he had to stay behind for quite some. But as for the rest of them, if we're going to need, are to you be... sure? Well, that was uh, certainly his intention. Yes. So there's a way to prevent him coming back forever. We will start the barrier. <laughs> Alright, well then I'm gonna go ahead and cast uh, Speak with Animals. Okay. So immediately when you cast Speak with Animals, you realize the canary is talking. And it's saying, You must help us. You must help us. How? The forest is under sea. Varian, we have to help. The canary is asking for help. I don't care it about our friends like right now. I care about these animals. If there are more than a few of these things, if they are truly living pillars of fire, we may need our friends. Are you fast at flying? Nah, it's very quickly. Can you fly to the town and see if you see our friends? Nah, it's very quickly. And come, and come back? Nah, it's very quickly. He looks over at Boss. Boss says, go. We are looking for a, a dwarf with reddish hair 
and pale skin. We are looking for a human who's <laughs> tall and buff. Charming little halfling. About this tall. Most adorable, charming thing you'll ever see. I will, I will, I will find them. Thank you. And he like, flies away. Boss sort of watches him as he flies. He's a little worried. As you guys are uh, approaching the uh, Captain Sharp, a little yellow bird comes and sits on the captain's shoulder, and he looks at it, and he's like, What is the meaning of this? Looks over at the bird, sort of shakes his shoulder to get it off, does not move. Bird just kind of looks at all of you. Probably just confused about where he is, so I'm trying to be like, Hey, go on, Mr. Bird. So you reach up your hands, yeah. and he immediately identifies you as a target, and flies towards you, sits on your shoulder, just whistles in your ear. So I find this is very peculiar yes. actions. Okay. Liddell, does this behavior make any sense to you? This bird. Liddell says, it says it knows your friends. The indigenous. Yes, uh-huh. an indigenous and, a, and an auxiliary. Oh, well, looks like your friends are found now. Captain Shark, what's Let's north of here? Gungalow Forest. The forest I was going to take you to. Let's go to Gungalow Forest. You will not be able to enter. Only those with a special connection to nature can enter. I reach into my pocket and I pull out that wood elf ring I got from back in the day to enter the forest. I just put that on and say, let's go. Liddell looks at you and says, <clears throat> that should do, but your other friends may not. Maybe I can go inside, make contact, get a, find a way to get him inside. The, the bird just keeps whistling. I let's, think the bird might grant a safe passing. Maybe, but... I asked Liddell. There's only one way to find she, out. Uh, Liddell says, the bird will tell your friends. I think we're safe to go. Uh, the bird disappears pretty quickly and uh, reappears back in the uh, grove and, and immediately lands on. Did you find them? Yes, they are, they are coming. They are coming. Let's go to the south of the forest. They will meet us. Okay, let's go. Next episode picks up with our heroes joining together, venturing forth to investigate this fire stalker problem. For more information, character art, backstories, lore, you can visit our website, oppressedbysun.com. As always, thanks for listening. See ya.